Thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist. Located under the city water tower on Mormon Mill Road in beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Marble Falls, Texas. We don't just love the Bible, we love talking about the Bible and talking about how the Bible informs our life in this world. Recording here in the sanctuary today are Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and I'm Jamie Greening. Somebody's missing. Who's missing? <gasps> Who is that? Dun, dun, dun. She's on the beach getting sun right now. Yeah, Joni Wallach is usually with us here, but she is... Um, so we, what beach is she at? Port Aransas. She's at, is that where you're headed later? Or are you guys headed gonna, tomorrow. But you're going to be coming and going at different times. Well, we may overlap one day. You're going to try to avoid her? I would. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> we love you, Joni. <laughs> so the beach is nice this time of year. It's cooler at the beach probably than it is here. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite beach? Ooh, I did do Destin once. Ooh, Destin's delicious. I but would love to go there. You should go. Think. I haven't yeah. been to many exotic Don't go right places. now, though. Yeah. yeah, not today, but eventually. Yeah. I did a youth camp at Panama City once. Mm -hmm. And as far as water and sand goes, I love that. Mm -hmm. I will say that. But probably Florida and Texas are the only two beaches I've, well, that outside of the eastern coast of uh, the, the Black Sea. I've been to that beach once or twice. Really? Mm -hmm. Tell. Do tell. Did How did that happen? Yeah. Oh, I just... Traveled over. How did we miss that on a one? Summer vacation one summer. Oh. Wandered around. I feel like Daryl has a lot of things that, you know, <laughs> he kind of keeps to himself. I think he does. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, yeah, Destin's a nice beach. I've been there before. What's your favorite beach? I've only been to Corpus. You've got to get. Port Aransas. Texas. I mean, I love my state. I yeah. love Texas, but it has the worst beaches. I know. And the last time we went, the moss was so thick that you like barely step in the water and it's grabbing your legs. And I can't do that. That's not. Are you sure it wasn't living? I mean. I don't know, but I didn't stay long. Did it have will and free agency? It's grabbing <laughs> your legs and dragging you under. It's like, I'm out. I've seen that movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to go to Destin sometime. It, and when you go to Destin, the thing is, there's so many Texans there, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. like everyone's. Yes. Destin is where Texans go, yes. I think. Well, you go on vacation to get away, but then you go to the beach, and it's normally, I don't know how it is now, but, you know, everything's so clustered and people are shoved on top That's of each other. That's where everyone else went to get away. That's where everybody else is at. So do you really relax? I don't know. Well, if you do it right. Yeah. I, of course, I say all this stuff. We probably all should go to the Texas beaches soon because there's still. We're in this COVID business, but they're still like recovering from the hurricane. Yes. So yeah. um, help the economy out. But I, I'm very fond of the Pacific Coast beaches. Those Ooh. are different, um, much more wilder and <laughs> louder. and um, Jerry Springerish. <laughs> that wild. <laughs> no, the Pacific Ocean is not married to its cousin. Uh, come now. And with the snack situation, we always give you abreast on our snacks, what we're having. Daryl brought them in today. I'm chewing. Uh, we have delicious scones mm -hmm. from a local um, coffee shop. We won't mention the coffee shop, but they have the most delicious scones. However, their coffee is very poor. <laughs> <laughs> My scone is strawberry and chocolate chip, which is really, really good. I've not had one of those there before. So. Strawberry and chocolate and chip. And chocolate chip. Seems like a weird combination, but it, it works. But it like works. I mean, you think of chocolate and strawberries, but in a scone, but yeah. it works. Yeah. 
It's really good. Mm. The one I'm currently chewing is cranberry and orange. It's <laughs> very good. And that's another thing that you wouldn't think that goes, but mm. it does it go. Does. Cranberry and orange is a delicious combination. Yes. I really dig those combination flavors on tastes, mm -hmm. right? So you just have certain things that go together. And smells. You know, my house, I have one of those Scentsies, and whenever I'm looking for the blocks, there's always those weird combinations that you don't think are going to smell good, mm -hmm. but then they are, like, delicious. Like what? Um, I don't know, like linen and sunshine. <laughs> or like you know just weird stuff you and like the citrus and honey okay who knew you know it's just weird things like that and it's okay like, do i like it or not but i think i do yeah those weird smells mm -hmm. and to me one of the greatest taste combos try it you have to try it a green olive i don't like olives don't shut me down that fast. That's just. I thought it. I didn't say it. <laughs> you shut me down. Okay. He's done. Like olive. Okay, He's go. done. Green olive, and a frito. Hmm. And you put the green olive on top of the frito. And pop the whole thing in your mouth at once and begin to chew. Like a it's amazing. Redneck hors d'oeuvre. Interesting. It's it's absolutely amazing. It, it's it, there's something about it. It. I might could, I might could do an olive that way. Mm -hmm. It does perfect. I would try it. You would, would try, try it? it. Yeah. So, so even though you shut me down. you. I oh, would try it. I'm okay. sorry, Jamie. That's good. Well, now that we've given you an update on our absentee uh, podcaster and our snack situation, we want to move to Colossians, which we've got. I really probably should have broken this down into two groups. By the way, I'm really sorry. Last week's podcast was, what, three hours long? <laughs> Dara, what was the runtime? Two and a half. <laughs> Two and a half. With me, I felt like I rambled a lot. Well, you just kept telling dollar store. Dollar I know, store and, and I just don't. Under, I'm so I apologize right now. I'm going to um, apologize ahead of time right now. If you listen through the whole thing, you get a gold star. <laughs> the uh, the dollar store though is funny because this morning it popped up on my. That was funny. An advertisement yeah. on my. I'm telling uh, you, they they're they're listening. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Those people. So we're at Colossians 2, 16 through 23. Who wants to read that this week? Oh, I haven't read in a while. Ooh, it's Daryl's turn. I'll read. Get my eyeballs on here. Okay. 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism, I can't say that, asceticism and worship of it's angels. It's easier than Ahaziah. <laughs> <laughs> um, insisting on, I want to put a T in there, asceticism and worship of angels. Going there on in detail, in well, I want, to put right it, I want to put it in the wrong place. Going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. That was a really long sentence. Well, uh, keep going. I'll tell you. <laughs> if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, and there it is again, asceticism, and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm, indulgences of the flesh. Mm. 
Um, so you mentioned a long sentence. I just finished Friday morning translating Colossians. Um, I'll probably post on my blog my, when, I'm, when I edit it and smooth it out some more. But one thing i got to smooth out is Paul is, every sentence is that way. They're, they're just, he just heaps one phrase on top of another, and you're stream looking for a place to break it up. Mm-hmm. It's very stream of consciousness. Um, so it, it's, that's not you, and it's not, I don't blame the Bible translator there, the ESV. It's just the way Colossians is. Mm-hmm. Um, just, there's no place to break it up. So what's going on here? Uh, the seems like there's a narrative um, backdrop because verse 16, he just starts off. That, that, that's a strange statement given what was before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was before is all this wonderful idea about um, Christ giving us a new type of, uh, of circumcision through baptism, and he's, you know, he's in control and. Don't be carried off by weird ideas. And then verse 16 is that don't let anyone pass judgment on you. So if you put it all together, you can kind of build a narrative. So apparently the Colossian church or people in the Colossian church were observing special religious days. Uh, And there was some sort of debate about the meaning or interpretation or the, I guess you could use efficacy of these were of these holidays uh, and then it caused some people to to say well we're keeping these feast days and you're not keeping these feast days therefore we're better than you um, and then Paul kind of passes judgment on the whole thing and says regardless of whether they observe or not these are just shadows of the real thing which sounds a lot to my ear like the writer of Hebrews mm-hmm. who uses that same kind of language. Um, religious, special religious days, it's a good thing that we don't get caught up on special religious days. <laughs> what are the big religious days in our world today? Christmas, Easter. Mm-hmm. What's Christmas? Mm-hmm. Christmas, what's that? What's that? Well, apparently Hallmark thinks that it's in <laughs> July right now. <laughs> I'm convinced that Hallmark's programming is run by a computer algorithm. Yeah. And all their programs, all their TV shows basically have the same <laughs> computer formula mm-hmm. to them. Uh, you like Disney. They have a 23-point formula or something, I guess, when something and works. And point one is kill the parents. <laughs> Every <laughs> Disney film, you kill the parents. I mean, you, that, how many, I mean you take your kids to go see, oh, we're going to go see Frozen. And three minutes in, mom and dad get on the boat, and I look at Kim, I say, you know, this is not going to end well for mom and dad. <laughs> sure enough, orphan girls. So that's just how it rolls with Disney. You know, how did I go? <laughs> Sorry, I did we're it. We're just letting you, you know, work it out. No, work just it working out it, without Joni here today, we're trying to talk more. Yeah. I think we're just going to yeah. poke the bear over here and pull his cord and let him go. Well, that's what happened yesterday in small groups. So... Um, Christmas, special special days. Yeah, we well, Christmas is a good place. Easter's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let's name them all though. So, if what are the big Christmas Christian holidays, like the sacred days? So, Christmas and Easter, we all know. Yeah, Advent. Um, Advent leading up to Christmas, Christmas. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Lent, of course. Ash Wednesday. In the liturgical yeah. year, the first Sunday of Advent is when the year begins. Mm-hmm. 
right? Um, so Ash Wednesday, Lent, leading up uh, to Easter, those are all big Holy days. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What's that day called? Pentecost? <laughs> Pentecost, thank you. I could not think of that word. I just saw doves and fire in my I brain. Was, I'm visual. I don't Normally, I'm glad we don't have video cameras in here for this, but I wish we been, yeah, did because if you could have... When Fishback was saying that, his hands were waving wildly in the air over his bald head. It was, it was trying to bring the fire right then. I feel like we've had a lot happen since Easter, so you know, trying to put all these Man. these holidays <laughs> what day into of the week is it? yeah perspective. Yeah, we don't even know what day of the week what it is. Year is it? So, so is there a controversy at all with Christmas and Easter? Let's just use the easy ones. Sure. In our world today, so, um, what's the problem with Christmas? I think people put too much focus on the decorations and on the tree and on the gift giving and they don't really focus on what it's truly about, the real meaning of it. But what is the real meaning of it? Jesus' birth. Okay. So can you have Christmas without the tree and the gifts and snow and twinkling all the stuff that we yes. get wrapped up in, the festival of lights. We can have Christmas every day, you know. Every, you every, know who doesn't want Christmas every day? Mary. She probably would, <laughs> <laughs> she would be like, no, this is not a good okay. idea. I did not sign up for all this. Once was enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, a few years ago, th- this just strikes me at a ontological level because a few years ago I was almost at a place just to give it, give it up, mm-hmm. give up on. Just, okay, Walmart wants it, right? The shopping it. malls want it. Mm-hmm. Hallmark wants it. Just give it to them because there's no place in Scripture that says you have to. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Bible doesn't even tell us exactly what day Jesus. Uh, right. Fun fact: I kind of believe Jesus was born in the springtime, mm-hmm. uh, not even anywhere close to December 25. But that's a different discussion. We're not told to observe that at all in Scripture. Yet, if you ask most people, they would say that's the most important day mm-hmm. for Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, candlelight, candlelight mm-hmm. service, silent night, all the things. But I was just ready to give it, just give over. Well, it's man-made, you know. The whole thing The is. whole thing is completely man-made, all of it together. Why? And I'm talking, that's where I was this Money. last Christmas. I didn't want to decorate. We put up a tree. Like we got a new tree and we put it up, and I didn't even want to put decorations on it. And I just thought it was too much. I just felt like it was it was a lot. So this next Christmas, guess what? I don't. We're not. You don't have to have that. Like you said, you, that's. It, and I lost. I tried real hard not to lose my focus, but with all the stuff going around mm-hmm. everywhere in the stores and on the television, and then in my own house, it was just. It was almost too much. So. So, Daryl, do you have any similar hang-ups? Well, I was just going to say that I think we lose the meaning of it. And then where, where it fits with the Colossians here mm-hmm. is you almost get kind of a cultural peer pressure. Well, Misty, you're not putting up a tree. Yes. Don't you're you love God? Yeah. Yeah. You can exactly. almost hear. Or, exactly. oh, my gosh, you're putting up a tree. That's a pagan symbol. And, yes. and it becomes these factions of groups that have ideas about the external things of Christmas, and I feel like Jesus is sitting over here waving his hand, saying, um, hello, I'm over here. <laughs> you know, this is about me. And we get caught up in all of the 
I love Christmas. I love the time, and I love the decorations and stuff, but I think it can become um, so many things that it's not. And even the gift-giving. Did mm-hmm. I give enough? I gave more the to him than I gave to her. Yeah. Is, is it enough? And then by the time, you know, you're broke, you're spent, you're <laughs> if, mad. If I can break even at Christmas, you're, that's a good year. You know, I, that's, yeah, so that's exactly right. It's just... Yeah, we lose our focus. And uh, every year at Christmas, yeah, the most of you, it is more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true, but it's true all the time, mm-hmm. not just, yeah. you know, uh, the week before Christmas. So that's a big issue for me. Actually, it kind of makes, I get angry at Christmas. Yes. Uh, because of the lost focus um, uh, on this was God reaching into the world and dramatically changed mm-hmm. everything. And we've turned it into... Um, um, nostalgia. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's almost like the Martha and Mary. You, we lose our focus on what's the one thing that's important. And that's, we miss the whole, just the, the best part we're missing because it, we're so busy over here working and doing and decorating and blah, blah, blah. The Martha and Mary analogy, that's brilliant. Talk more about that. I just... Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Um, I think I'm like a mixture, maybe. I, I stay busy. I don't sit still for very long, and so if you can imagine that. <laughs> um, but, you know, when all my kids are home, I've, I've, I've made myself, if I'm washing dishes and somebody needs me, and, and I'm thankful because our house is open. It's an open concept, so I can be at the kitchen washing dishes and still be part of the conversation going on. Mm-hmm. And, our, you know, everybody's loud in my house like I am, so I can hear everything going on. If one of the babies, grandbabies come up and, Mimi, hold me, I just I drop what I'm doing. I pick them up. We go outside. I've learned to leave the dishes there because over the years you realize that time just goes by so fast. Well, wow. you're different to me because I'd be inclined. Well, Mimi can't hold you, but here, sit on the counter. I'm going to show you how to wash, wash dish. dishes. <laughs> this is called and drying. Teach you how to be helpful. <laughs> but, you know, because I found myself in that place where I was just irritated and mad. I'm the only one in the kitchen. I'm doing all of it by myself, and they're all out there having a good time, and then everybody leaves, and then I'm irritated at myself because I acted that way. And, then and that, of course, is exactly what the Scripture teaches the holiday should be all about, is frustration, <laughs> yes. anger, and upset. and I was missing yeah. my kids being there and my family being there. You don't see them that often, and especially now. You know, it's farther and farther between that we get to see them. So I'm learning and am thankful that I'm able to enjoy them while they're there and not worry about all the cleaning and cooking and, you know, yeah, you want to go make yourself something to eat. Where before I was like, here, let me do it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want you to mess up the kitchen, and that way I can clean afterwards. And so, yeah, well, I don't know I'm if it over was it. This podcast, or somewhere when we were talking about the fruit of the spirits, uh, fruit of the spirit. Um, yeah, there's just one. sorry, <laughs> <laughs> fruits of the spirit. Fruit Maybe of the that's spirit. Right. I got the S in the wrong place. <laughs> that sounds very uh, Eastern <laughs> transcendentalist. Um, spirit shall bring fruit, <laughs> strawberry and chocolate. Please. <laughs> I totally lost my thought too. <laughs> um, is that you know christmas in in god's economy uh, it's him giving himself to us it's the incarnation god made flesh and it's a it's an, a a generous act and i think like what misty's talking about sometimes we feel obligated to be quote unquote generous at christmas but we're resentful because we're not really it's not an overflow it's a i better get something mm-hmm. back out of this even if heart. it's just hell it's out of obligation and so i think I, on the other, on the flip side, I know some people who are incredibly generous at Christmas with their time and their energy and their service and even their money, and and it's a genuine 
overflow. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's why um, it comes back to the heart. What's, what's the motive and what's the motivation? And even we see here in Colossians, they're, they're, it seems to be such a focus on what you're doing and how it looks and the image side of things as opposed to, you know, I think Paul keeps bringing them back. Don't let people force you into that box where you're focused and worried about. Um, or condemn you if you don't. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Hold like. your ground and be free. So what's, yes. what's the problem with Easter? Does the church have as big a problem with Easter? Which, which holiday it's poses the, the biggest op- existential threat? To, to me, it feels thinking. like the opposite. Christmas seems to be where we lose. Well, I mean, both of them, we lose the meaning. But it's like you might hey, have. At Christmas, we lose our mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have. <laughs> maybe you have Christians who get <laughs> caught up in the, the consumerism. But then at Easter, you get maybe a whole bunch of other people who feel like, okay, this is the one time we need to be in church. Yeah. And so it's like the opposite. In both places, you can still miss the point. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a. Funny story. It's uh, secondhand. I didn't. I didn't experience it, so I heard it. Pastor stood up one year at Christmas. No, it was Easter at Easter. And when the Easter service was over, he told his church, "I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving because I will not see you again till Christmas." <laughs> um, many of you drop the mic. Yeah. And it was. It was <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> And and he thought he was clever, mm. and he told the story. He told his wife just ripped into him. Mm. You embarrassed a lot of people, and you. And I think probably the wife was right. That yeah, that doesn't okay. seem like a Jesus moment. I was going to ask wait, how, how much longer we see there. <laughs> <laughs> just because you think it doesn't always mean you have to say it. Well, we we we, we always have that, that moment where you have a clever thought that's really clever, and you yes. like it, but then. Wisdom at some point should keep you from and actually doing it. That's where the back it. button dip, 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 comes in because I'm always like backing out of comments that I'm yeah. <laughs> delete, delete, back, 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 back. Um, but I, yeah, I think you're right. So Easter has is, is become uh, the spiritualized check my box off. Mm-hmm. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Yay, he's yeah. risen. When's the ham going to be ready? <laughs> right? Um, and then we diluted, of course, even more with like, you know, Easter, Easter eggs, eggs and Easter bunnies and fashion. Mm. I mean, it's not quite so bad now, but when I was a kid growing up, Easter was, this is when you dressed to the Easter nines. dress. Yeah. You know, men wore a suit and it was usually a new suit and women had bonnets and dresses. And um, it's just different now, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that that happens a lot. Um, I, I, I feel like... Easter carries with it, how do you do it? Do you have a sunrise service? And there's always someone who says, well, if you, of course you know Easter's a pagan holiday from Ishtar and all this stuff and end up with like really bad history. Yeah. Um, and so they're judging you, mm-hmm. whether you're having it or not. Yep. And I think that's where Paul's at with this. There's a narrative in Colossians that feels very contemporary to us today with some groups were, ce- were celebrating and others were not, and they were basically judging each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, Paul doesn't really come out on one side or the other. If you read it closely, he's not saying you who aren't observing are right, right and you who are he's observing. He's not pointing fingers. He yeah. just says don't let anyone <laughs> you know judge you, you yeah. one way or the other. Don't let them disqualify you mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yep. Uh, what we don't know about all this stuff is, is it... Is it Gnosticism further, right? So is it, 
do the Gnostics have their own Lenten calendar? <laughs> I don't know what a Gnostic <laughs> Lenten calendar would look like or an Advent calendar. Um, or is it Jewish legalism? Uh, that scene, I, I, I think he's turned the corner on a different problem here. I think this line about new moons and festivals and Sabbath is more about Jewish legalism because of the use of the word Sabbath, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. just interesting. And so many laws and traditions and regulations, and that's what I think of, too. I think of the Jewish. Uh, what laws and regulations do our traditions carry with them, Misty? <laughs> um, like as far as holidays, just, you ask Just like, like Sabbath traditions. Sabbath traditions. Um, you rest on the Sabbath. You don't work but on the Sabbath. Think about church life, though. What, what do you have to have on Sabbath, on Sunday? What do you have to have? Church. Church. You have to have Sunday school too, right? Is yes. it church without Sunday school? Is it church? I'm serious. Is it church <laughs> no, without Sunday school? Package deal. Well, and the thing that cracked me up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I want to get one free. You say that like, oh, it's a package deal. Are you being sarcastic <laughs> or are you being serious? Um, well, it's serious, really. I mean, it, it seems like, but that's, I think, one of the rules, quotation marks. Um, if you're serious, you know, if you're really, oh, you really, you don't just well show done. up to church, <laughs> well you'll be done. in Sunday school. Right. Only the, the real Christians come to small group. <laughs> Actually, you want to really make people mad, start calling it small group. <laughs> people will go crazy. I've been doing that for 20 years, calling it small group. In my language, that's what it is. Well, and I know Sunday school is quote unquote Bible education. That's where some discipleship but isn't some of its earliest roots in it was teaching people literacy? Didn't no, wasn't there something, well, or right. am I making stuff up now? Or? I, I, I think you're bringing a lot of different things into one idea. Okay. And I'm, not the, I'm not the quintessential expert on this, but my understanding is Sunday school isn't was that? an outreach yeah. okay. to uh, the, the church woke up one day and said, there's a lot of children around here who mm. aren't, their, their parents have failed to religiously educate them. So they would gather up these children on Sunday morning and they would do Sunday school and educate them in the, in the scriptures and theology and life and all these things. Uh, the, the funny thing is, no self-respecting Christ, as was set up, member of the church would take his or her kids to Sunday school. That was for the, the mm. heathens who yes. didn't have it at home. Yeah. But somehow that kind of emerged. This, and of course, disclaimer, this is my understanding of it. I could be inaccurate. But as it, as it evolved over time, parents stopped teach. all parents stopped teaching their children at home and just said, well, we'll just dump them off at Sunday school yep. for it. So Sunday teach. school was a children's endeavor. And it wasn't until you get the evangelical movement of the 20th century that adults began to go to like Sunday school. Um, it's relatively a novel uh, innovation, the idea of Sunday school. Or even small groups for that matter. And that, that, I mean, I'm all for it, and I think there's value in it, but I think it's that and certain things that we do like that we don't realize, like you said, how novel or really how short their history goes back. But if it's been a part of our life or a part of that certain culture, we fall into what well, we've always done it that right. way. Right, and it can become know? tradition. And that's kind of what... can have church with Sunday school and small groups, but not really put a whole lot of effort into it, not have them planned out just, just for the sake Why are you describing saying. our small groups that way? <laughs> Never. <laughs> not a no. lot of effort. I love our small group. I get, like, I'm going to go off key here for just a minute, but 
having since we changed our small group to Sunday mornings, we we're having the, it now. You mean the Zoom our, one? Our, yes, at nine thirty-three, okay. we're doing our Zoom. Time out. What Missy's describing, <laughs> I feel like I have to explain your explanation. <laughs> For a long time, her small group, when we went to COVID, was meeting on Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Now it's because yes. all by Zoom now because we can't be in person. So yes. that's what she's talking about. And we started having our Zoom nine thirty-three class, our midweek or our Sunday morning class on. Um, a Tuesday evening. Well, then we've switched it to Sunday morning, 933, because that's the name of our class is 933. And that's another story for another day. But having that and then watching our worship service online. And I just, I told Greg yesterday after that, and we ate some lunch and we went to the grocery store and it felt like a, like a sun, like a not, I don't want to say a normal Sunday because that's not normally you know it's not normal but it felt more like a Sunday than it had in a really long time mm. having our small group and then church the rhythm then, yes yeah, yes. Routine, yeah. So, so but for most of Christian history it was just the worship service that's all you kind of yes. did all education was expected to be done in the mm -hmm. home you you educated yourself right. That's why I think small groups work better when people are self-feeding. We use that term yes, before. Yes, and that's what I mean. When, uh, you, when you, you know, it's not just for the sake of saying we have children's ministry come to our church or, you know, using that as a promotion but actually working it and, and you know, expecting God to do great things through it when we put the work into it. Mm -hmm. I, I completely concur. Yeah, but we do judge it on your Sunday school programs, on your mm -hmm. children's ministry programs, what you got going on, mm -hmm. how cool is it. So we're not, it, I, I can't, I've belabored the point a little bit here. But we, we really need to read the Bible seeing they're facing the same things we do. Mm -hmm. We always think it's way back then, but it's not just way back then, it's all of us. Um, so anyway, I've pushed that too far. Uh, we could have talked about the angels. What angels are we talking about uh, here in the text? But um, let's move forward with kind of in this text, um, what resonates? Uh, what is it that grabs a hold of you? Let's see. Anybody? Joni, this is where Joni this would say. This is where Joni fits in here, mm -hmm. right here. Just her deep thoughts that she pulls out and I love the sparks idea. our conversation further. I love the idea of the, the that just quick line. Uh, let's see. It's right there. Um, 21. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. There's something about that line that, that, that resonates with me in a, at a powerful way. Um, I think he's quoting something. I don't know exactly mm -hmm. what he's quoting. It's not what he's not saying that he's talking. He describes that as uh, the submit to the regulations. Right. Mm -hmm. So you've died to these elemental spirits. So the why on earth do you submit to these regulations? Mm -hmm. Do not handle. Do not taste. Mm -hmm. Do not touch. And I pick up on that. And there's a lot of there's a lot of juice in there. Mm -hmm. What are we told not to touch? Can't touch this. <laughs> <laughs> What are we told not to touch? <laughs> I just did a little dance. <laughs> hmm? Anything? How about taste or touch or eat? I, I just, like, I don't know. Touch, 
don't handle that. Don't get close to that. Don't. Well, before we pick some specifics, the, the thing I wrote down was should or shouldn't. In all of these, I hear the phrase, you should do that or you shouldn't do that. And I think that word is such a powerful word. And whether you're talking about touching or tasting or something, if someone is policing someone else, that's the, oh, you shouldn't do that. Or for me, I, I, somewhere I picked this term growing up, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. And kind of was always questioning, was it okay to feel anger? Was it okay to feel sadness? Um, and for you Enneagram people out there, if you know Enneagram threes, we are the worst or the most disconnected from our true feelings. And somewhere along the line, we learned that, or we interpreted the message that feelings are bad. And so you don't have them rather than learn how to deal, actually have them and deal with them. And so in my brain, I, growing up, I constantly had this little voice, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, or you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that. Um, I don't have a specific thing um, here, but when I see this, don't touch, don't taste, don't whatever, I hear the word should sh or shouldn't really, um, just ah, neon sign. Shouldn't. It shouldn't be you. Are rules dehumanizing like this? Yes. As soon as you said that, that was my next thought is you shouldn't be you. There's so much, um, again, I come back to the, it takes you to the external. Here's the role you should feel. Well, and all these religions and all this philosophy and all this stuff that the pagans and the Jewish tradition and all that, it's all such um, detached. They want you, It's a detached theory where, like Daryl says, they don't want you to get to the root of the problem. They don't want you to pray to, uh, you know, they want you to pray to a God. They don't want you to pr pray to the God, our God. Mm -hmm. And, you know... Figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling and allow him to heal that pain in us, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think that's a lot of what it's, you know, they take God out of it and, and want it to just be humanistic and very generic and just a very stale, cold religion. Well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think Christianity does that too. I just think when you're in the midst of it, you don't see it. Yeah. Um, you have certain blind spots and prejudices to things that you 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 feel like they're wrong, but we're right mm -hmm. um, because um, I feel my motive is pure or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, but it's it's just the same thing. It's the the, the rules and the external and the uh, attaining mm -hmm. some kind of approval or something like that. So whenever you start down a uh, any religious structure that is rule based will always end up with don't, 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 don't. Mm -hmm. When you start defining what you believe by what you don't do, mm. now you're not to a place of, you're not following Christ at all. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're creating a, a, an ethical system, and maybe, maybe a good ethical system. I mean, I can list a lot of things you shouldn't do. You should not lie. Mm -hmm. You should not, I mean, do not murder is one of the big ones, right? Um, you should not cheat on your taxes. You, you should... Um, you should not, most definitely should not, skip church. <laughs> Ever. Uh, a lot of things you shouldn't do, which was fine, but that's not the motive. The motive is not to not do them. And I think that what Paul's alluding to is some group, with, and I think it's within the church. That's a huge discussion mm -hmm. here. Is this an outside group, mm -hmm. right, that is trying to, 
heal people out of the church to follow it. Um, think, uh, you know, what's, what's the biggest group that competes with Christians today? I don't know. It's the NFL. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> they want to steal people away from being at church on Sunday, mm -hmm. and they want them to be in front of the TV set on Sunday watching football games. Mm -hmm. um, not this year. <laughs> I, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way. So, I mean, I, I know that sounds terrible, but I really perceive that that's their goal is to mm -hmm. shut us down. Um, they want to really shut us out to pull. But is it. Is this Colossians, are they that way? Or is it a group of people inside the church mm -hmm. seeking to take over and to implement their own perspective, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe it's people that were in the church and now have been pulled out of the church and now they're trying to pull other people out. To some well. sort of a competing church yeah. structure, yeah. Get out so, of there. So, what is the system? What's at play here? And what Paul is alluding to is that those other people with their lists. You can't let them lead. Mm -hmm. You can't let them control because if they do, you will become a works righteousness organization. Mm -hmm. And that's just not what um, true faith is about. Mm -hmm. So all these do nots. I have lived mm -hmm. my whole life listening to preachers talk about do not. Yeah. Do not go to movies. Mm -hmm. Do not eat certain food. Don't dance. Don't dance. Don't drink certain drinks. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all the things, all the do nots. And I've come to a place in my life to throw this away because this is not what it means to be a Christ follower. What it means to be a Christ follower is to be to be activated by the follow by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but not removed from the the human experience. Well, and it's personal, you know. Um, and Jesus, He's such a personal father and he convicts us on different things. Daryl's convictions aren't the same as my convictions. They're not the same as your convictions. That's exactly correct. There's and convictions, of course, there's things in the Bible that we know not to do. You don't steal, you don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't, you know, murder. We know those things. But then there's personal things that he, um, that only, you know, he wants for us. And because because he is personal and because that affects the way that we share our testimony with other people. I'm not going to reach the same people that Daryl would or that you would because we, we know different people. We're from different backgrounds and we have different testimonies and different things that we've been through. So God uses all of us, you know, as the body of Christ to fulfill his, you know, his plans for us because of the different places we are. And what you just said is a place where a lot of Christians won't go. And that is mm -hmm. this really what's right for you Doesn't might not be it. right for me. And what's wrong for you might not be wrong right. for me. Right. And that's a we don't like that, but that's what it means to live by the guidance of the Holy Spirit well, and not yes. by rules. R rules yep. can often become a a, a warm blanket. Mm -hmm. If you tell me Or a wet blanket. Well <laughs> if you tell me five or six things that I'm already really not doing and I can check those, then I can have a sense of security. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole Christian relationship is rooted in faith, but that scares us. Mm -hmm. And so we want something to hold on well, to. Well, that's, that you said it. It's a relationship. Religion is, you do this for me. You know, it's a work. We have to continually work at it. Relationship, you know, that covenant that we talked about last week is, is our relationship and our agreement that we're in with Christ that, you know, 
and, and I don't want to say this loosely, that we help each other out because that sounds, you know, a little, a lot nonchalant, which I don't mean it that way, but in essence, it is a little bit that way is because we're in this together, even though he is the head and he is the fullness of everything that we are, you know, we are in him. Um, we still have that, um, that teamwork almost, mm-hmm. you know, but in our sense for teamwork, we want to make everything sameness. Yes. And I think that there's an American ideal of equality, which is good. I mean, all men are created equal. I agree with that. And equal justice before the law. And I believe that as followers of Christ, we are all equally loved and have equal value. But that doesn't mean it's the same. Hmm. So what's we want to make everyone the same. So if, if I can't do it, neither can you. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And that's sameness. And sameness is not unity. It's uniformity. It's uniformity, but not unity. Unity is all of our differences coming together uh, to, to one purpose and to one goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best example I have for this in my own life is the idea of exercise. I, I don't. I'm not by any means like Fishbeck, uh, who can. <laughs> Nobody's like Fishbeck. <laughs> Fishbeck can like run 37 miles and when it's no, 2,000 no. degrees. 2,000 <laughs> degrees outside, and then have enough energy to post it on Facebook with a spiritual thought. You know, <laughs> during Those my guys. during my seven million run today, <laughs> I thought about oneness and being with the Holy Spirit. You know. Uh, but I do exercise. However, one thing that's been made clear to me, clear for me to exercise on Sunday is wrong mm-hmm. because if there's something about me and my relationship, it's just wrong. However, I freely admit that's probably not true for everybody. Right. In fact, for probably most people going for a run or lifting weights or cardio or whatever it is that you do mm-hmm. is Probably Sunday's a good day to do that because you get work all the kinks out, yeah. it clears your mind, it allows you to uh, to focus and to feel better. So Sunday might be a great day for you to do that. But for me, I just can't. So that, there's a wonderful line in Romans that says, "If it's not a faith, it's sin." Mm-hmm. It's a, for me to exercise on Sunday would be a violation of my faith. But right. for you and others, it might right. be fine. Yeah. that's the best example I have. Well, and I think. Going back to, I don't think it's as big a deal as it was, but growing up, let's say the 80s, maybe even the 90s, we were in the churches I grew up in, the message was the Sabbath is a day of rest. And you can argue if that's Saturday or Sunday, but for Western Christians, it was Sunday. And so it was a day of rest. However, if you love Jesus, you would be at Sunday school mm-hmm. and... Well, You'd be at the men's breakfast, prayer breakfast, then you'd be at Sunday school, and then you'd be at worship, and then you'd be at the, the, the RAs or GAs or the after, uh, afternoon meeting, and then you had evening worship, and then you had choir practice, but Sunday's a day of rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just some little bit wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Which defines church as rest, which it should be, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. It was about keeping justifying keeping the machine running, really, in a lot of times. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of 80s <laughs> stuff that was wrong. Um, in fact, <laughs> do, the closest, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. One, one of the lenses through which I make almost all decisions now is, did we do it in the 80s? <laughs> then we shouldn't do it now. I mean, if we did it then... Not even did it work, but no, it, that's well, irrelevant. And that goes back to what define work. If yeah. I did it work, it got people in the door yes. and it got money in the in the offering uh, plate, well, then it worked. Mm-hmm. But did, 
did it work in terms of making disciples? I, right. um, I've said it before. I'll say it again here. Whatever we've been doing for 70 years as a church in America has failed. Yeah. We it, have not produced coming good Coming to church does Christ. not make, you know, you ask people, you know, well, are, do you know Jesus? Are you a Christian? Well, I go to church. Well, that's not what I asked you. Yeah. You know, you could go to church and, and we're seeing that now that, you know, we're seeing exactly that now. Well, my early years of youth ministry, 90s, 2000, whatever, was when they were really noticing the trends of high school students graduating, and they kept saying they're leaving the church. And, and they were graduating, going off to college, and they were not returning to church attendance. And so every youth conference convention I went to, they would always be showing these statistics of you know, high school kids when they graduate, 80%, I'm just throwing a number out there, 80% are leaving the church or whatever. And the question that these conferences kept asking was, how do we keep them? How do we get them more involved? How do we get them in church? And I kept, that bothered me because I kept thinking, well, are any of us asking, why are they leaving? Maybe it's not them that they don't have enough faith. Maybe we're not feeding them. You know, maybe maybe what we're doing is, oh, well, heaven forbid we should look at, you know, our ministry, but it was, the statistic was always skewed in a way of they're somehow failing in their faith, um, and, and that always bothered me. Tell us more about that. Well, I, I just, that, that was kind of the, the, the point of it. I just, I see uh, the institution of the church, if people aren't showing up to what we're doing, it becomes, all right, how can we make it more attractional, uh, more bells and whistles and fireworks and things like that. Um, but are we asking the questions of ourselves? Are we growing? Or, or is this another external? Or are we just jumping through hoops and we're trying to get other people to jump through these hoops as opposed to... Well, the church growth model was horrible. Yeah. The church growth religion really did a number on our perspective on what a church ought to be and how it ought to behave. Um, and it's, it's, it's still there. People still, we use the vernacular of it all the time uh, in, in church life. But I'm with you. I think that the reason why so many of those young people left, and we did lose a lot of really solid people who went looking for some meaning somewhere else, was because they didn't find meaning here um, in, in the church. We didn't give them the right kind of uh, tools to, uh, not to, um, brag on what we do here too much, but to do what we're doing right now, to read the Bible, to work through the Bible, and to honestly evaluate our culture and our motives in light of Scripture, as opposed to sit down, shut up, right. just believe it, just have faith, and you'll right. stop asking such questions like that. Well, and, and if you come to church, you'll feel good about yourself. And you said something about be yourself a minute ago. I, I think so much... What we were offering, and I can say it now because I'm a little bit older, but what these younger kids were being offered was, you're the, f the, 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 the church of the future, which just basically meant sit down, learn the rules, mm -hmm. and when we're gone, then be just like us. Right. Not who are you and right what now. is your faith? Right now. How can your faith be meaningful and real in your own identity? And mm -hmm. more, more pointedly, Though I believe in church, and I believe the church is God's plan for changing the world. We can't invest in young people, or any people. For them. Right now it's all families, right? It's family ministry. Mm -hmm. The youth group focus has switched to family focus. 
But we can't invest in families thinking we're investing in you so you can feed the fodder of the organization. Right. Like somehow this organization is what must continue. Organization is not going to continue. It doesn't have to continue because the church is not the name on the building. It's not the articles of incorporation. It's not the staff or the salaries. It's human beings who are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the church. Mm -hmm. And it will always be there because God's always going to have a witness for himself. So we, we've messed up because we've, we've, instead of saying church is here to grow people, we see people as here to grow church. Mm -hmm. And that's so upside, upside down. down. And, that, yep. and if I may borrow Paul's words, it's the elemental spirits of this world yep. um, that we need to die to. Wow, we chased that one. <laughs> Good one. We did it. We we did that that rabbit chase brought to you by the dollar store, <laughs> where everything's a dollar. It's Dollar Tree. That's the. That's, <laughs> you're right. Get them straight. If you're gonna make fun of them, at least get them straight. I'm going to make fun <laughs> of them. So verses 20 through 23 to me also just stand out. Uh, I alluded to it, verse 21, but so in verse 23. Uh, the ESV here that I'm looking at uses this phrase self, self-made religion. Um, it's actually quite a, a string of words there. And when I, I think the word self, it, it actually goes with self-made in the New Testament. I think that word self kind of goes with all of the, so I, I translate it self-esteem, which I think is the religion of the, of the age. Just believe in yourself and follow your heart, which by the way, those are just some yeah. of the, don't believe in yourself, believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sermon's over. Uh, <laughs> self-made, uh, self-esteem. And then um, I render the other one, self-service. I know it says asceticism, but I think that has the idea of doing things to serve what I want. Mm -hmm. Self-service is a lot easier to say. Self-service. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no T's. No T's in the middle. <laughs> self-service. Um, and then severity of the body, I translate as self-abuse, which has a lot of connotations, but I mean that idea of disciplining your, your, yourself. Mm -hmm. So it, everything here is, it has what Paul calls the appearance of wisdom. And if you look at someone who disciplines their body, who speaks positively good things to themselves, uh, who has a, a view of taking care of business mm -hmm. when it comes to self-promotion, all these things that... that Boundaries. Serve. We would call that person wise, successful. They're probably going to have a big bank account. Mm -hmm. They're going to look good. They have a perfect family, and, you know, all the grass is always mowed because they're, they're always going to have that view toward things. And Paul says that actually doesn't do any good mm -hmm. in curbing the indulgences of the flesh. Well, and every one of those things can be, is, can be just an external attempt. It can be put on from the outside. It can be an illusion. Um, it's not to say the things you listed as far as healthy and right. whatever, are they flowing from yeah. Christ inside of you or is it, just this veneer, so to right. speak. They're, they're not, they're, again, there's, they're, it's good for you to exercise. It's mm -hmm. good for you to show discipline. You should mow your grass. Your neighbors will thank you for it. <laughs> These are all good things, but that's not the heart of truth. And if Christ isn't in the middle of it, Christ not only has to be the head of it all, but he's got to be the center of it all. The center and the purpose and the reason. And, yes. he, and, and then 
you can't control your indulgence. This, this idea of stopping the indulgences of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Help me. What are the indulgences of the flesh? I'm thinking strawberry chocolate scone. That's <laughs> almost gone. It's, Just, you know, you actually have not done a very good job. That Let was the big. record reflect me and Daryl have, we finished our scones before Daryl had read the This is my second Bible. breakfast. <laughs> this is probably your first breakfast. Is this your first breakfast? I would, this is snack. Yeah. This isn't oh, breakfast. Well then, see. Brunch. And it's, I eat half and save half for later. So that's, that's my <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> So, the, you could talk about indulgence of food, which if, if, if that's what we're talking about, then the aestheticism that he's talking about is um, like fasting, mm-hmm. which fasting is good. We, Jesus expected his followers to fast, but fasting doesn't fix your right. um, indulgences. Mm-hmm. Fasting, in fact, what happens with fasting is as soon as it's over, you run straight to the mm-hmm. indulgence. Or you tell everybody, you know, well, well it's I'm, like, I'm fasting. So you want everybody to know. So now you're self-promoting. Yeah, it's what you're doing. Self. Yeah. Well, it's like wet paint, don't touch. All that does is it Make seems you to really stimulate want to. it more. Mm-hmm. One of the best definitions I heard of repentance was repentance isn't doing something about your sin. It's finally realizing you can't do something about your sin. It's when you truly surrender mm-hmm. and allow grace to help you through mm-hmm. it. And... You know, I think so much of what he's addressing here is just, and as humans, I think part of our human nature is independence. That's what we're trying to surrender. And we bring that into Christianity and we say, well, I'm saved by faith. Some mysterious thing happened in the cross and grace and now I'm saved. But now, Mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, five. Here's how you yeah. prove that you are saved, or here's how you live it out or walk it out. We, we step right back into that performance comparison. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fast, mm-hmm. or I'm going to beat this addiction. I uh, think sometimes we feel like independence should bring confidence. And in fact, it does the opposite. Mm-hmm. Independence away from Christ brings fear. You know, it also brings arrogance. And arro- mm. yes. It's a strange combination. Yeah. When you, you can see it in people's eyes. Because when people are afraid, that's whenever their true colors come out. They're, they're, they're arrogant, and, but yes. they're afraid that someone's going to find them defensive. out for the fraud that they are. Well, so yes. It's funny, too, because I, I've been around a lot of preaching and messages through my many I'm years. I'm so sorry. I'm talking <laughs> all the way back. Not, um, years I'll be better and next week. decades <laughs> ago. Um, it was funny how a lot of times if you knew the person speaking, they could really be hard on the sins that they didn't have a problem with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you might know something about them that was a part of their life. Maybe it was anger or whatever, uh, gluttony or something. You never really heard him preach much on those <laughs> things. And so the arrogance was kind of like, I'm holy with my short list. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of in denial about this the other ones. You. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want do you want my one of my personal opinions? This is a completely well, personal opinion. Do. do you want that? Do you, do you want well, of course. To? Okay, this what you've just said I think is so true. That's why I believe there's two dynamics. That's one of the reasons why I think evangelicals are so quick to preach against homosexuality. Mm. It's not something most people, and let's face it, most men are pastors. Uh, uh, that's a whole other subject, and most of them probably don't have a problem with homosexuality so it's an easy thing mm-hmm. to 
preach to against yeah. to yeah. condemn because I can talk about that and you won't ever judge me of being a hypocrite on that. And you probably won't offend any of your parishioners no, right. and you're safe. But, but if you're 350 pounds and mm. you're having a hard time keeping your diabetes under control, I dare you to think about gluttony yeah. mm -hmm. or uh, preach that your body's a temple. Now, I'm not picking on people right. who have problems with weight loss. Heavens knows I have had many struggles in myself. But being honest about where you're struggling mm -hmm. with things. I'm not con comparing the two in terms of intensity or consequences. Well, but when I'm you saying, get offended by something somebody says, that's proof that you're not, you haven't dealt with it. You know, I'm offended by that. You know. <laughs> How did you know? But really, you know, don't you agree that if you were to be offended by not like, you know. I think that I'm offended by the Bible sometimes because mm -hmm. it, 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 it shakes me. Mm -hmm. And that's what it means to grow. I mean, mm -hmm. I get comfortable with my own preconceived notions. And so I read the Bible. Mm -hmm. I, to be honest with you, Misty, I would like to make a list of do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Then I would know for certain. But then once, and, and you said me. you're offended by what the Bible tells you, but then are you quick to change that? But I changed the quick, Bible. Are you quick? <laughs> not the Bible, but to work on yourself. Absolutely. That's, that's what I mean. That's my point. Is, for people that don't. It's not my problem. It's not my fault I'm like this. It's not my fault. You know, they're the ones that get offended, stay offended. And whereas... But see, that involves relationship. Mm -hmm. That involves humility. That mm -hmm. involves vulnerability. Yes. And that's messy and complicated and uncomfortable. And it's and not hard, linear. And it's right. not linear. And I know um, we've, we've talked about and seen in the media the whole count. count Cancel culture. You, that is hard to say. say. You've moved ahead. I know. I didn't want to. So I was looking at my notes. I didn't want to jump too far ahead. But you know, when you are talking about the being offended, what I'm understanding of cance cancel culture it's aesthetic. is, yes, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to uh, work on my linguistics for next week. Again, it's not as hard as I. <laughs> it's that beard. I think the beard's getting your way. Watch it. Um, is that if somebody says something that I don't like or makes me uncomfortable, then I'm going to cancel that out. Mm -hmm. as opposed to engaging in dialogue or, or, or is there any validity to it or just in allowing someone to see things different than me on a surface issue is that, no, I don't like that, I don't agree with it, so shut right. you down. And that's your maturity. That's yeah. how we mature is, is, are those things right there. Yeah. You know? I mean, Individually as a society, yes. the cancel culture bothers me. What, um, when, we were, when I was working through this, the idea of, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. We do that now with people. We say this person's off limits. Mm -hmm. um, and I had to look it up because I've heard the phrase enough lately. Late, I was like, all right, I'm not sure I have a good definition. People listening may not. What is your definition of how would you define cancel culture? It's a thing. It's a big oh, thing. Oh, definitely, yeah. I didn't invent it. So cancel culture runs like this. So let's say... I'm going to pick on you because you have a big Instagram following, at least 15 or 20. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 26. 26. <laughs> so you're on Instagram. It usually impacts celebrities and public right. figures. So you're on Instagram, blah, 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 whatever. You're having a good time. And then they dig up, well, here's a video of you in blackface 25 years ago, which is wrong. You should not do that. You absolutely should not do that. It's uh, belittling. It's um, it's certainly ethically uh, uh, challenging, and just you shouldn't do that. But what happens is, is they say, 
well, we're done with you now forever because you did that 25 years. And you may say, but I'm not the same person I was. Mm -hmm. I've changed. I've grown. It doesn't matter. You're, You're canceled. canceled. You're done. Uh, your, your, your past defines your future. And so the issue is now you've been do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. Mm -hmm. You're off limits now. That's my understanding basically of um, cancel culture. The problem is, is that it seems to deny that we change as people, mm -hmm. that we grow. And I will tell you, the best people are those who've made horrible mistakes and have come through them. Yeah. You don't want to get rid of those. I have the same thing like in a workplace environment, you know, um, especially like in the government. Someone makes a mistake, they fire them. That's kind of silly. Once you've made the mistake, now you've learned. Now you're going to replace the person who made the mistake and learned with someone else who hasn't made the mistake and mm -hmm. hasn't learned and doesn't know. That's right. That's why maybe the government's incompetent. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, but that's cancel culture. And you see it in church, too, where you get people who are, well, you're no longer, you're washed up. Yeah. You're over. I'm moving on to someone else. But, but, but people are valuable mm -hmm. and important. And if, if the cross means anything, it means that no one moment in my life defines my future. Mm -hmm. No wrong past that I have done can keep me from being useful in the kingdom of God. Well, and as soon as you were describing all that, you know, I'm just having this image of the woman caught in adultery. Because although she wasn't, they were really trying to entrap Jesus. I get all of that. But to her, she was about to be canceled out literally. Mm -hmm. And disqualified. I mean, physically. Yeah, that's... Um, and Jesus completely intervened in that based on everything you're saying right now. Mm -hmm. well, and that's... And to me, the church is the anti-cancel culture. Mm -hmm. It's the, no, you're redeemed. redeemed. Think about redeemed as the opposite redeemed. of canceled. Yeah. yeah, you messed up. And you need to you need to admit that. That's what repentance yeah. means. I messed up. I shouldn't have worn blackface. Huh. I shouldn't have said the N-word. I should not have, um, I should not have been homophobic. I mean, all these things I should not have been, mm -hmm. you admit that. But then you move forward and you say, but, you Look know, what Christ did for me. I'm Look, redeemed and I see right. that. And, and on the, the flip side of that, a lot of what happens is when someone is maybe trying to confront someone and say, you did wrong, you shouldn't have done these things, and then they, they get offended by that, then they want to cancel you out because, mm -hmm. no, how could you judge me or whatever. Yeah. And it just it goes both ways. It takes away again, and back to the whole, where's relationship, where's dialogue? Mm -hmm. we, we love to group. I think the media has done a great job of group dehumanizing people and lumping things in groups and making you forget we're all in the same boat. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest challenge that we have as a culture may be the dehumanization of individuals, mm -hmm. whether it's the replacement of people with technology mm -hmm. or um, dumbing us down to our Facebook profile. Mm -hmm. That's all you become, your timeline. No, we, we are people. We have feelings. Mm -hmm. We hurt. We have ups and downs. We cry. We get hungry, we get thirsty, we make mistakes, we have amazing victories, we have all these things. And that can be like one hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, literally. Just one hour. <laughs> uh, sometimes we, we don't always look great. We sometimes don't have the best clothing uh, going on. Our cars break down. We say dirty words when we don't mm -hmm. mean to. Um, you know, all these things of who but we that's are. that's why we need a Savior. You know? Exactly. We've, 
and there's no, you were talking about, you know, the people that mess up and nobody is ever too bad or has done, you know, too much. There's no hopeless cause, you know, when it comes to Jesus. Every, there's, there's hope for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, he offers that to everybody. Mm. Could not have summarized it better. Misty's brilliant. <laughs> Misty's brilliant. Well, how about we wrap this up? We miss Joni today. We do miss Joni. Joni, br uh, Joni bring us some sand. Bring us some but, snacks. But not the sand that has oil tar balls in it, because we all know the Texas. Or the seaweed. Or the, or the monster seaweed. Yeah. She <laughs> sent a picture yesterday, and that sand actually looked pretty nice. Did it? Sort of hurricane. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church. Please share, like, and comment on this podcast. I can't emphasize that enough. If you're, we just spent a few minutes bad, bad mouthing social media, but we're not <laughs> afraid to use it. Put, take this link, put it on your social media, and say this changed my life. That's right. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> Jesus wants you to. Uh, whatever your social media platform is, every click matters. You can also visit our website at fmf.life. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Bible talk from under the water tower. Goodbye, everyone. See you Goodbye. later. Jesus loves you. I'm going to eat me a scone. <laughs>